All right, we ready? I'm good. Hey, all right. Is Paul oh. good? <laughs> Paul there. Paul? I don't hear I'm, Paul. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Oh, okay. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it! Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. Hello and welcome to Back to the Bins. We are here, uh, all of us together, like many of you are, all of you together, whether you want to be or not. <laughs> and we're going to talk. Uh, what are we talking about, Scott? We are talking about Turok, Dinosaur Hunter. No, 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 no. Paul, Paul, what are we talking about? Set him straight. We are Turok, Avengers no. Defenders. <laughs> yeah, no, Tor- we're talking about Avenger Rot Defender. I mean, no, 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 it's not. Rot. <laughs> well, but it, but it is a mishmash because we are fu- we're going to be finishing up Terror, Avengers Defender. What would it be? Would this be? Well, this wouldn't be the Avengers Defenders War Part Two, no. but it's Avengers Defenders. Just a crossover. Terror. Yeah, just a crossover. Number four, the last in the crossover, and we uh, we have Scott with us. We Scott was able to do his homework real quick, and um, he's with us now. And I'm I don't know why I'm vamping for time. I don't know. I don't know either. But Scott was able so what, to join us after he was not able to join us in the previous three issues. But you've you've read your old quote up, right, Scott? I am, yes. Yes. So what's your overall impression of the first three issues? You don't have to go into buy issue or anything. Right. Um I think it started really strong. I don't know, this this may be giving away the whole the whole thing, but I start I thought it started really strong. I was really digging it, and then uh, I got to that third issue's cover and I was like, Oh no. And hmm, that sounds familiar. It, Okay, yeah, there was there was some stuff with uh, with the third issue that I was it kind of it, it kind of lost me a little bit. It kind of well, I, I'll say it it kind of dipped seriously because for one thing the the characters that they were aping in that whole thing I don't think Disney or Marvel owns those characters, right? So it, it kind of struck me as odd that they were even. Uh, touching on those particular characters like Dastardly and Motley, that kind of threw me a little bit, but. Uh, I still, you know, overall was enjoying it and uh, and was really itching to get, you know, to the to the fourth issue. And then I suddenly realized at some point, oh, I think it was at the end of the third issue where it said uh, to be concluded. I'm like, oh, damn, this is only four issues. So, I mean, I guess I was liking it enough that that I was disappointed that it was all going to be wrapped up in the fourth issue. And I was also just by the nature of the story, I was kind of surprised to see to be concluded because it feels like 
at the end of the third issue that there's a lot more story to go. Like there's there's a whole revelation that has to happen and everything. Um, and I was just getting a feel for where I thought the story was going. So that that's kind of where I'm at as we enter into this issue. Is like there's there's a there's a lot to there's a lot to wrap up if this is really the last issue. Well, all that said, we should probably bring us up to date with the uh, description they give us of what has previously occurred in the previous three issues. Oh, oh, wait, 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 stop. Oh, stop oh, 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 No, 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 no. Yes, 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 um, yes. <laughs> I, went to, I went to mute and I accidentally bumped myself out of the call and came back in. Are you still recording? Make sure it didn't, like, stop your recording. Uh, let me check. Because mine stopped and restarted. Yours sucks. Uh, mine is still recording. Okay, all right, that's all. All right, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't finish this and then find out we don't have a recording. But uh, well, that's anyway, why I wanted um, the pause. That's why I wanted tar- the pause. Tarot sure. number four. The defenders recently took down a sorcerer who had been using demon ichor to control people. When Doctor Strange traced the presence of more ichor to Avengers Mansion, the defenders traveled there only to find Diablo wielding the dark power of demon Icor to control the Avengers. The heroes were able to break the demonic hold, forcing Diablo, who still held the tarot cards that could control them, to retreat through a portal. Doctor Strange pursued Diablo, scaling the portal, sealing the portal behind them. The two teams used technology to reopen the dimensional barrier and faced off against the Unbelievables, a group of cartoon-like heroes they found on the other side. After the battle, they finally found Diablo, but Valkyrie's attempt to destroy his cards resulted in the fusion of mismatched half-cards. This created a new reality of hybrid heroes made up of combined Avengers and Defenders who have no memory of their true nature, but as they attempted to uncover the truth, they were attacked once more by the Unbelievables. So we are now into issue four, written by Alan Davis, drawn by Paul Renault. The color artist is Stephanie Petro, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. The cover is by Paul Renault, and there's a variant, there are variant covers by Alan Davis, Maury Hollowell, Steve Mooney, and Matthew Wilson. And that's where we are as we open issue number four. Bill, you have a very brief synopsis of the issue for us. Uh, yeah, they um, they fight, they fight, they fight, 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 fight. Um, some dark force is using children to make them fight each other. I think maybe, and everything gets put back together like nothing ever happened. Yay. <laughs> I mean, that's what I got. What do you got? Do you think that's a pretty good wrap-up, Scott? Um, yeah, that's that's essentially it. Um, Who would I, think we'd I, criticize Bill honest. for being too brief, though? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm glad. I'm actually glad that your synopsis uh, was worded that way because the thing with the kids is where the story lost me. I, I was kind yeah. of trying to figure out. You know what? What was the point of? Because the point, I, I'll, I'll be honest. Here's here's where I, where I thought it was going. Because we get to that point where they're all trying to figure out what's going on, and there's the giant words that they can actually see that actually have weight that say, "I'm That's bored." All, too yeah. much talking. And I thought, oh no, is this going to be some like infinite crisis shot at the fanboys or something? You know, I thought like maybe this is all going to be, re- you know, it's like that. 
that Bugs Bunny cartoon or the da- the Daffy Duck cartoon where Bugs Bunny's the animator. You know, I thought it was going in that direction. Like we were going to find out that like some fanboy was making this happen or something. And then it well, doesn't go in that direction. It goes in the direction of they're all the playthings of some ch- like this pair of kids. That's, and so then I'm like, is yeah. this supposed to be Wanda and Vision's kids? And I mean, it just kept throwing me curveballs. But at the end of the day, it, it doesn't explain anything. And you get to the end of the story, and it's just like, everybody's like, eh, don't worry about it. And I'm like, well, okay. I mean, it was fun, but I'd like a little bit more explanation, please. So. Well, I, I well, think the way I the way I kind of read it, and there is a little bit of a, yeah, try not to think about it too hard and just forget about it. But I think that the uh, somehow the alternate realities that were created were in the minds of the kids, that somehow they had gotten the power of the I-Corps and it was channeling through their minds and creating these alternate realities and fragmenting the true reality. I think they, they were letting it be that the, you know, that the Marvel universe as we know it is the true reality. That's the way I interpreted it. I don't know. I was getting flashbacks of um, the Stephen King story, the dome. I don't know if either of you have read that or know. Uh, all right. I was well, watching the show for a time when the no, show. The right. show's different. From what I've heard, the show's different. The book. Uh, spoilers for anyone who hasn't read it. Don't listen for the next minute or two. Um, have either of you read it or plan to read it? No, no and no. <laughs> okay, so basically, as the whole town gets cut off, and there's this force field around the town, and nobody knows why, and a bunch of shit happens in the town. And and as I'm going, I'm through. I'm thinking, all right, what? This isn't going to be like aliens or something, is it? Hey, guess what? It was alien children. It was like basically the town was like a ant ant farm, and they have to try to get the the these alien children to understand empathy and that they're hurting them in there. And bec- but but I had that figured out like about two-thirds into the book what that was going to be and then when i got the end i was like ah okay so i don't know if if like is is this going to be some type of precursor to another story later because it leaves things kind of unanswered or at least in my opinion it leaves it unanswered like this will will they come back to this in another 12 months if there's comics and comic book stores still around by then so i don't know (laughs) i don't know Sounds right. like you should be singing in the year twenty five twenty five. Will comics still be alive? Well, why don't we just uh, start paging through this and see if it makes any more sense to mm-hmm. us? Well, well, I gotta say it's a beautiful book. I like the art. Yeah, I really, I like this art. I'm, I don't know that I'm familiar with uh, with this art team or with the artist Paul. That doesn't ring a bell with me. And it's nope. nice that he can make he can make the cartoon characters look cartoony next to the real characters. You know what I mean? The more realistic characters. Now, the characters we you, know what, and love. What do, you, what do you think the point of the of the animated characters are? The cartoon characters are. What what was the point of them? I guess drawing from the kids' minds, like you said, like. The Icor, Ico, Ico, Ia. Oh, I think sorry. there is supposed to be an element of some par- parody of, uh, you know, of 
just cartoons that they know and love because we you know we we've we compared it obviously to speed race not speed racer uh, dick dastardly and muttley right uh, we you know we were looking at the one character saying it was maybe hot stuff another character you know even though it's an alien was very similar in all minds to oh. mighty mouse uh, so I'm, I'm thinking it might that, be like yeah, just, just an homage to those characters, yeah. maybe. Okay. Well, there's there's a section where uh, Doc Surf is kind of explaining, says, the images of our other selves were drawn on Diablo's tarot with the infernal icor of... <laughs> and a cult ink of such <laughs> infinite power <laughs> that any manipulation of the tarot or anything in close proximity would become reality. Right. What seemed an insane scheme of an evil manipulator was in fact random happenstance, the clutter of a toy box. And since we're dealing with children, it says organized by the imagination of children. So, okay. yeah. But again, what children? Because when That's what I don't understand either. Where who are these children? Are they right. just two random so kids when, being used by the quote-unquote when Brunhilde cut the cards, which sounds like I'm making a pun, but when she sliced the cards in half with her sword, they were where were they? They were at like Avengers Mansion or something, right? I I yeah, think so. Yes. Where, yeah. So I mean, they weren't somewhere where there were children. So that's where I'm confused. Is wh- I, I can understand if she did that, like at somebody. I'm trying. I'm looking back right here. They are at. Oh, they are in a toy box. Okay, so they they went through that shattered reality where where they first saw Dick Dastardly and, and all that, and then they dropped into that parallel cartoon world, and they they are actually in a toy box. Okay, so this toy box must belong to. Okay, that kind of sort of makes sense, I well, guess. It a, but a, it wasn't very a little cool. bit of an internal logic, if you want to accept it as such. Right. Okay, that 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 make that does make a little more sense of it, I guess. I, I just hadn't really placed that. The whole cartoon thing threw me just because now granted I'm not up on modern day cartoons. So I was trying to think, are these being are these being pulled from somewhere? Because I kinda got the hot stuffs thing. I kinda thought yeah, that, that that green alien mouse thing was Mighty Mouse, and the vampire girl kinda looks like Vampirina. But other than that, I don't know who the monkey ninja guy is and who that the anime well, that's girl the, is. That's the uh, like a take on the monkey king. Um, oh, okay. I don't know what that is. I don't know who Vampirina is either. She's a uh, like a Disney Junior character. Now I don't know anything about her other than she exists. So you know that was just you know it could be her. It could not be her. I honestly don't know. I just thought she kind of looks like her. Well, no one is so, except for uh, Dick Dastardly, I don't think anyone is so blatantly uh, an homage that you could say it is, you know, definitive. Well, that's what I don't get with this. I mean, you know, the parent, this came out, what, fairly recently, right? Uh, yeah, uh, like, last like, week, like, like last week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So, I mean, the parent company owns enough animated stuff that they could put recognizable characters into this thing, you know, and not have to worry about rights issues or anything like that. So I'm wondering, again, it, it's confusing to me why they would go this 
you know, this route of, you know, if they are supposed to be homages or something to existing characters, wh- why go that route? You know, I mean, it's obviously Dick Dastardly and Motley, but they don't own those characters, so they can't actually be those characters. And it's it just gets weird. I, I, I'm actually kind of tired of them when they do this stuff in comics. Maybe it's just a symptom of me having read too many comics, but it's like back in the 90s when, you know, in the Superman comics, they had like Big Belly Burger and all these stupid things. It's like, you know, if you can't get the rights to say Burger King, then just don't do it. You know, (laughs) I find it annoying. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree with you. I kind of would prefer that they, you know, my annoyance isn't really with that, though. Honestly, I don't I don't say I'm not saying you're wrong on that. Uh, I do kind of agree if you're going to. Do it, do it right, especially since they do have the, char- the the rights to so many characters that they could use. Um, right. Although you never you never know what what kind of red tape they have, like you know within the their own company as far as crossing lines to different ownership groups and whatever. I, I don't know. Right. But I was more reticent going into issue number three, just based on the fact that we were getting into silly animal slash cartoon characters. Right. in what is meant to be a somewhat serious story. So that, that right. was really my uh, apprehension. And, uh, you know, when we covered issue three, we were surprised to be somewhat accepting of it the way it was presented. Right. Uh, it, it wasn't as bothersome to us as we thought it was going to be. Um, right. And then we, we, we left off at the end of issue three, and it was really like, okay, and this, this may sound like a familiar song from when we finished up uh, Strange Adventures. It was like, okay, I, I'm okay with what's gone on so far, and issue number four is going to be the make or break issue. It's either going to let us down, and in which case this entire series was just kind of a waste of my time, or <laughs> it's going to satisfy me, in which case it's a you know, fun four-issue read. Right. You know, that it's it really it wasn't so great or so bad that the first three issues were going to decide it for me. Right. So we're going into this issue and that's where we are. So we might as well, again, just kind of jump into our story a little bit. So we start with I don't even remember how they did these amalgam names. And I'm wondering if they're not we're not going to see these characters down the line again. But the uh, what is it? Dr. Surf. The, you know, Doctor Strange and the Silver Surfer. He's unconscious and he's got cartoon birds chirping around his head and he's waking up and we see, uh, I guess it's, you know, one of the Iron Man amalgams who's talking to him and they see the battle raging between uh, the amalgam Avenger defenders and the cartoon characters. Uh, and it, it seems as if the Doctor Strange character has kind of got an idea of what's going on, and he's immediately put put kind of knocked out and put to sleep again uh, by the Mighty Mouse alien character. Uh, now, what, what, one of the things just off the bat, you know, in this whole sequence, uh, and it kind of came up last issue, but it's interesting how. The uh, I guess it's the combination of Scarlet Witch and Namor basically turns into the son of Satan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's cool. Uh, you know, who is who is not a character in this book, but has been a defender at one time. 
so I, I find that to be just interesting. And I, I don't know if it's so much fun or if it's a lack of imagination that they could, you know, that they couldn't make come up with a totally different character. But like I said, I wonder if, if these aren't characters we're going to see again down the line at some point. So yeah, they are some interesting combos. Definitely. I like, I like the I, I don't know what his name was the the Grim Reaper or something like that the the one that's the, Reaper Vision and Valkyrie just the Reaper yeah yeah he reminds me of the Golden Age Vision who had kind of a, a skull motif going on you know who I'm talking about yes yes I do yeah yeah, yeah he, I he showed he, up in the Kree Skrull War yes that's right yeah. But uh, it reminds me a little bit of Century from Forceworks. Mm. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know. Who, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, you know, the battle continues that. here. But, we, you know, it's it's a lot of, lot of punching and running here. So there's not a lot of stuff going on. But the, uh, the Captain America slash Hulk character is telling them to kind of show some mercy and saying, you know, we don't want to be like them and all of that, you know, so he's given some kind of Captain America speeches, but he also seems to be kind of cluing into the fact that something's not right here. He, right. You know, he's, he starts commenting about, you know, well, what were we doing before this battle started? Like, you know, he realizes he doesn't even <laughs> have any memory of where they were before. Uh, and that, that's one of the first things that jumped out at me as I read that this is, is that a reasonable thought? If you have no memory of beforehand, would you come to the conclusion that maybe maybe your your existence is wrong, or would you think somebody you know washed my you know gave me a brainwashing or something to to clear out my memory? Because I think the mm-hmm. latter is much more likely to the, the conclusion that most people would jump to. Right. Most people most people don't oh, want to yeah. jump to the conclusion that they aren't real. That I didn't exist five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, That's a good so that, point. you know, that was one of the things that I, I kind of felt was a little bit of a, a, a leap of logic that I wasn't sure held up. On the other hand, Captain America is much is much more of a tactician and much more thoughtful than I am. So maybe, you know, maybe he would uh, have this kind of thing. <clears throat> so then, as the battle continues, they, you know, what is it? The I guess it's Thor and. Whoever that that says that he kills the monkey thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember the characters, you know, because they're just amalgams. I don't know who well, is actually. Being actually, I, I jumped ahead a little bit though, because because before yeah. before they do that, as the Captain America Hulk character is arguing, you know, for what's going on and their values and all of that, the monkey thing sends sends all these like little spirit monkeys after him. Yeah, from his uh, fur. Which which caused him to have a flashback to that battle that we see opening issue number one. Right. And at one point he looks over and he sees the Submariner, but then he Submariner and the Human Torch. But then he looks back and sees the uh, lack of for lack of a better word, son of Satan guy and the Vision guy. Strommeister. So you know he, he basically <laughs> Strom- says my Strommeister is the Thor and Namor. Burger Meister Meister Burger? Yeah, exactly. That, that's where he kind of starts coming to the conclusion where he starts saying that that seemed more real than what we're actually experiencing. Right. And that's where and that's where the Thor and I'm not sure who he's 
who he's combined with comes with the monkey all like deflated. <laughs> is is he deflated or is he like just holding him by a cape? I don't know. I don't know. He's got little X's on his eyes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I, a nice I touch. Got the feeling he was deflated. Yeah, but that's but that's Strummeister again. That's got him in you know all uh, holding him up with his hammer. And then I'm uh, thinking maybe a combination of Thor and Valkyrie. No, he's no, he's the character though. He's his cock. He's Strummeister. He's Mister Strummeister. Who's he's, he's a combination of Bill. <laughs> I'm looking on the page. He is a combination of Namor and Thor. Okay. We've got Doc Surf, which is Doctor Strange and the Silver Surfer. Gadget, which is Iron Man and Thor. Captain Cosmos, which is Silver Surfer and Captain America. Scarlet Strange, which is Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange. Imperious Hex, which is Namor and the Scarlet Witch. Isemi Jugendfrau, which is ah. Valkyrie and Iron Man. Excuse me. Sorry. Easy, easy for you to say. <laughs> Major Gamma. That's who uh, Captain America. Uh, Cap, Cap, Captain America and the Hulk is Major Gamma. Strummeister. The Hulkoid, which is the, the Hulk and the Vision. And then Reaper, which is Vision and Valkyrie. I have to say, I, I like some of the visuals. Right. Uh, with, with the exceptions, I mean, some of them aren't especially out there. Uh, you know, the Hulk uh, and Vision one just kind of is like the Hulk with a uh, with a with a, with a, with with a, a cap on his head. Yeah, with a, with a cap. You know, Captain America and, and uh, Hulk is is you know, I think any of us could have designed that one. Uh, but some of, some of the visual, visuals are pretty solid, and I think the one that you mentioned, which I was I. I just the Grim Reaper one uh, is the be- I think the best visual. I like him, and I like the I don't know what his name Captain Universe or whatever his name was Silver Surfer and Captain America. Yeah, Captain that one Cosmos. Cool. Cosmos, that was it. Yeah, yeah he's. I would cool. say those are the two sharpest looking ones. Yeah. And so as as they start discussing this and trying to work it out, we hear I'm bored, too much talking, and the, the words actually visualize in front of them. And then come falling down to the ground uh, on on the heroes, and as they're just dealing with that, then we have an attack by a bunch of real Marvel heroes. And I guess this first one, this first shot shows uh, who do we have? Sunfire, Black Panther, Sasquatch, uh, Crimson Dynamo, uh, Sabra. Uh, Aurora and uh, North Star, and what, what was the most recent name for uh, Captain Maple Leaf there? Vindicator? What, what Vindicator, do we have? Vindicator, yeah, Guardian. I don't know. Well, Guardian, Vindicator. Well, yeah, uh, I, I, I was well, like Captain Maple Leaf because I think yeah, that's what Wolverine called him. <laughs> this time frame is actually, remember, this is t- t- taking place back in the past. Um, so we, this never got, would, we never got a firm answer on when this I, I think place. it was because when we started it was we thought it was the Avengers of like the late 70s early 80s so this would that's when Alpha Flight was big that's when Sunfire I think was in that costume and that's when Sabra so, first appeared yeah well like when's the last time right. anybody's you know that's a deep cut for Sabra right so they come out and they start attacking the Amalgam Heroes uh, and as they battle, I guess Black Panther's taking the uh, the battle up front, and he and uh, Captain Gamma are going at it. And then they realize 
that they're in uh, Nazi New York. Yeah, and, and that would go back to what happened. Remember when we started this, we had that thing with the invaders in the past. That's how I think that right. links this up. This would be how things were altered by that happening way back in the 40s. I right. find it interesting in these panels that, you know, along with the Marvel heroes that they show, we have, for, I think, no apparent reason, two Wakandan warriors. Right. Uh, I, I would rather I would rather that space on the page was taken up by two other heroes that we know instead of just, you know, right. generic warriors. But anyway, dagger. Yeah, so anyone. It doesn't even matter. You take take your choice of any heroes of this era. Or it could you know what it, it might have been interesting even if there were some villains of the era, mm-hmm. and they and they were all just kind of doing it because I don't think they're real, or certainly they're not real to our reality that we know. Right. So as as they're looking at out at uh, Nazi New York, Captain Gamma realizes it's not his world, and his body starts to kind of almost battle with itself as to what version it is because he starts like turning into the Captain America that we know but then eventually goes back to Captain Gamma mm-hmm. and at that point the Submariner slash Son of Satan says you transformed again but this time it's as if someone inside you was trying to get out Diablo says at last you begin to see that the mouse spoke the truth I wonder if that's a Disney reference <laughs> I missed that, yeah. (laughs) So then uh, he says, uh, none of you are as you should be. Your very existence is a paradoxical absurdity that violates causality. Your every action creates fractures in the fabric of reality. Like a nail hammered into a sheet of glass, the cracks will branch out and spread until the hole shatters. Uh, Which is a pretty good way of describing it, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Visually. Uh, We have... uh, well, I guess it's a metaphor. Yeah. So the uh, son of Satan says, allowing ourselves to be destroyed cannot be the solution. Uh, Thor guy says, how do we fix this? Vampirella <laughs> says, the intricate fabric of reality is bound by the pattern of order. Remove the nail and all that has been shattered will seek to be restored in harmony. Now, I Our think destruction that's may be inevitable. I've never seen a glass uh, repair. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Well, okay, now now you're talking at your ass because that's not the way glass fixes itself. Nice right. try on the first. It was good on the first one. It's a bullshit on the second one. But hey, it's reality, so we'll let it go. But then we have uh, an, basically an attack of all sorts of kind of beings here coming at us. Uh, you know, I'm trying to look here. We have the Unbelievables. We have Nova. We have Spider Ham. We have Gladiator. Uh, Hyperion and the uh, Squadron. You got two scrolls flying out there. You got Captain Britain, a uh, bunch of Kree soldiers. Is that like so, a War of the Worlds tripod there in the background too? Yes. It, it looks looks like one. We even have the uh, Weapon X Wolverine coming in and joining the battle, and they, they aren't they aren't attacking the heroes that we are kind of following. I was going to say the heroes we know, but there there really aren't the heroes we know. Uh, So Captain Gamma says they aren't targeting us, they're fighting each other. And the Submariner Son of Satan says it's totally irrational, like an old Western movie bar fight (laughs) where brawlers seem to forget whose side they're on and are happy to hit anyone within striking range. 
So it's kind of an interesting. I, I like, mean, they are giving this, giving this, us good metaphors here. Yeah, this uh, this part of the story I actually liked because it was just it was just fun. You know, it it reminded me of the the cover of like Crisis on Infinite Earths number twelve, where it's just like every hero. You know, you're well, kind of you notice. Here. Do you notice mm-hmm. from panel to panel that they morph and change to different versions of themselves? Yeah, yeah, like, I like uh, that. You know, it's Captain Marvel starts in the classic green and white, and then the very next panel, the other half of his body is the the Jim Starlin version mm-hmm. of, uh, of Captain Marvel. It's really cool. And then then you've got Ca- Captain Britain, and then ha- he splits a panel, and he's his original outfit on the other side. Right. Yeah. And Angel Angel changes too. Because that was the only person I didn't recognize of the classic heroes is over there on the right-hand side of the top panel under Spider-Ham. I'm like, is that Mimic? I didn't know who that was. Oh, I thought maybe that was... Oh, I guess that would be Angel. But that's I don't a, recognize that don't re- outfit, though. Is that a new no, I don't, I don't rec- I don't recognize the outfit. And I thought maybe it was Night- look like Nighthawk, but that pairs. is... I thought maybe that was Nighthawk, but that is like the way the... That's not his wings. The, no, that's not his wings, but that looks more right. like... I wonder if that's an. I uh, I don't know. We'll, well let the, it go. The, the angel did have a reddish, red and blue costume at one time for a short period, but that does not look. I don't think that's what that is. I'm just wondering because they have him over by. Well, he's under Spider Ham, but then he's just above the Squadron Supreme. No, that would heroes. be that would be the Squadron. Yeah. Be, oh yeah, there so, was a yeah. Hawkman in there. There was the a Hawkman guy. Oh, that's right. That's I don't right. remember him ever having that outfit though either. Oh wow. Well. You know what? But it's possible he did. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because my first thought was the very first thing that caught my eye on that page was Gladiator, of course, because I just love that right. character. And you get Gladiator, and I can't ever remember the other guy's name, Powerhouse or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, the guy that kind of looks like Wonder Man. Yeah. In space. So I thought maybe he was supposed to be a member of the uh, Imperial Guard, but then I was like, is there a winged member of the Imperial Guard? Not that I could remember. So that's when I got to thinking that he was uh, was Angel, because in the in the panel there at the bottom, you do see part of Angel, you know, from the X-Men. So I thought, okay, this must be an alternate costume, because I know he changed his costume several times. But no, now that you say that, I think he's supposed to be the Hawkman uh, analog in the Squadron Supreme, but I uh, Smasher. That's Smasher. Smasher. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm looking on the uh, and oh that guy is Captain Hawk. So right, he is right. from the the squadron. Yes, I'm looking now on the on the Marvel fandom wiki and it's saying yeah. who's in that. Uh, you know, it's showing all. It's a lot of people. So question question for you <laughs> now. Uh, I, I first looked at the uh, at the tripod and I thought War of the Worlds, but could it also be Brainiac? Well, I thought that too, but Brainiac. Uh, yeah, I know the that Brainiac was. ship from Superman. Brainiac, yes, yeah, like a you know, could have been a, a little homage in there. We'll make it look like it's a World of Worlds trial. Oh, I got really, I, yeah. really the Brainiac ship. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it'd be cool if it was a War of the Worlds tripod, but what what does that have to do with what's happening here? It does which say is, races. Which is why I'm thinking it might be Brainiac, because well, I think it, they might think that's more clever. But it, we have uh, plausible deniability, because if DC says anything, we can say, no, that's a War of the Worlds tripod. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, it does say right. under races and species, they do list Martian Masters, which I would, would be the one from the Killraven timeline, most likely. Right. It, it would make it 
it would make it make a little bit more sense if we saw Killraven as part of this hero assembly here, but we don't. And so, yeah, it's just a little bit confusing. But then again, not everybody in the, in the, you know, in this gathering is a hero. I mean, clearly with the, uh, with the Kree and the Skrulls, you've got, you know, villains as well. So, well, that depends on your point of view. Yeah, that's true. So meanwhile, they, they docked, uh, they zapped Doc Surf again. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, every, I feel like he's a cartoon character. Every time he wakes up, you know, uh, Bugs Bunny comes over and whacks him on the head. <laughs> <laughs> but then he, he does wake up again and he uses the Eye of Agamotto to uh, reveal the truth. Tarot cards bearing images of others who are us were sun, sundered and recombined. Cosmically powered evil is behind, beyond, behind this. The images of our other selves were drawn on Diablo's tarot with the infernal Izor of Ishizog, an occult ink yeah, see that? such it's infinite not, That's power. not how you say it. It's It's Werner Herzog, the Ikor okay. of Herzog. An occult ink of such infinite power that any manipulation of the tarot or anything in close proximity would become reality. And if you look at the at that on that page, we kind of have cards of various people, including dun, 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 NFL oh, Super oh, Pro oh, guy. <laughs> yeah, did you catch that, Scott? Did you see the NFL Super Pro guy like in the last? Well, that's what we call them. I think he was in the last panel of the last book. Oh no! Well, no, I did notice that there were hero, you know, sports uh, yeah. people in there as well as the heroes or villains or whatever. So yeah, I, I did. And that threw me, but this this is where that cleared it up a little bit. But yeah, when the guy the guy I saw first was the guy with the baseball bat, and my first thought, you know, before my my brain caught up was, uh, right. oh, sportsmaster. But then I'm like, wait, no, that's a DC guy. So yeah, I was wasn't... thinking it was the guy from the Warriors. Oh yes, that's right. What was his name? Like oh, no, Rage was... or something? No, like no, that? no, no. I'm not talking about the new Warriors. I'm talking about the. Movie He's talking about Warriors. the movie. Oh, okay. The, the baseball team gang. Right, okay, I gotcha. <laughs> That's what I think of. But anyway, what seemed to be an insane scheme of evil, of an evil manipulator was in fact random happenstance. The clutter of a toy box, organized by the imagination of children. Diabolical evil hides beyond, behind purest innocence. We must proceed with care. Scarlet, can you insist me in bringing the children to us? They are so, terrified. Wait. So the uh, in that mishmash of things in the toy box, there's a comic book that says Bizarre Battle Comics. I think that is the battle, or what's supposed to be the battle that was in the graveyard way back in the first book. Okay. All right. It's all a ten the, cent book. What, with, where do these kids get a book that costs ten cents? I don't know. Well, well, even if, even if this hey, is nineteen eighty, if this was the late seventies, eighties, you could have a ten cent comic laying around in somebody's toy box because uh, yeah. these are older toys they could have got That's from their crop. parents. No way. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, anyway, anyway, uh, they go. What must co- we must cause them no more distress than they've already endured. And then Diablo saying, "Just give me the cards, you brats." <laughs> <laughs> And that's when the Nameless One appears. Scott, you've recently reread some Nameless One uh, stories, haven't you? Um, Didn't you read those first uh, Defenders 
things recently, the ones that crossed over between Doctor Strange and Submariner? I, I thought you had. Oh, I, I have been collecting them, but I have not read them yet because I'm, oh, I'm going okay. in chronological order. But, yeah, I think I'm coming up on that stuff. So, yeah, I know what you're talking so about. This, this, the Nameless one is definitely a deep dive because I don't think that particular character has appeared First appearance, Submariner 22, 1970. Yeah, but I, I don't think there's been a lot of appearances since then. I mean, he was in uh, Doctor Strange as well, and I believe he appeared in some Defender stories later. You said Submariner 22? Yeah. I think that's one that I just acquired recently, I think. I could be wrong. I got I gots it. Anyway, so he comes, and he's... Uh, yeah, that's the one where uh, they're in the cemetery and it's Namor and uh, Doc Strange with, with in his masked era. Yeah, I did just get this one recently because it's a, a what do you call a pre-Defenders lead-up comic. Oh, but yeah, I just in, had, uh, Defenders yeah. number one as well. Yeah. So uh, Doc Surf says to attack him. We can, if we can defeat this monster, we can yet save this reality. So they still think they're real enough to want to save. Mm-hmm. The nameless one says, foolish mortals, my power grows as this reality dies. You cannot harm me. Let them try, brother. Their folly amuses me. And for those who don't know, the nameless one has two heads and they're brothers. Uh, it's pretty Boy, that's got to be annoying. Otherwise. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> he sends over Inspector Gadget to speak to the children to get the cards from them. Uh, and Gadget is saying, uh, you just said we have to take down the big ugly. And Doc Surf's is a deception. The demon wants us to believe he came to gloat at our demise. But the truth is he's scared that Diablo is right. The tarot is the key to ending this. You must secure the tarot, but you cannot frighten them or coerce the exchange. They must be sur surrender surrendered willingly. He tells him to be creative and go ahead and do it. And he, he immediately, it takes him like two seconds. He comes in, he says, you know, yeah, comic books are cool, but it's paper. Now we have digital, but holograms, they're the future. And he's got a, a what looks to be a pad, and he's got different Order. versions of Iron Man uh, holographically coming off of it. So they, they quickly commentary? trade that. Is that a commentary on the, the current status of the comic <laughs> yeah. world? Very possibly. Yeah. I, well, I think it could be a commentary, and not so much on holograms, but comparing uh, written comic books or paper comic books to digital comic books to movies, mm. which right. are far more popular right now. You know, just a moving right. image. So that could definitely be a commentary on what we already have, because we don't really have the holographic moving images like that uh, right. at this point. So uh, the kids willingly trade the cards for them. And that sends the nameless one into a little bit of a hissy fit. And as the exchange <laughs> is made, everybody kind of goes back to their normal reality. And the Avengers and Defenders appear back at the Avengers mansion. And it's as if nothing ever happened. Poof. And then they, uh, they, they're, all, they're all pontificating on what's going on. And the Hulk just says, uh, Hulk not want to remember... Hulk not want to remember. Remember is about yesterday. Today is not yesterday. Tomorrow. Today is now. And everybody's like, wow, that's, yeah. that's deep. That's deep, man. <laughs> and, and how does the Hulk in it? He ends it on a Yosemite Sam line. Now Hulk hit her. <laughs> <laughs> and 
from there we go back to uh, where the story opened in 1944 France, where the invaders have uh, Anton Occultz, who uh, is a private, and basically he's the one, I guess, who put all of this into play in the first place. Yeah, possibly, yeah. yeah. But, but- but did he, or is this, as Bill said, is this the guy from the comic? I Maybe a little both that affected reality, and he was, I don't know. The comic could have been based on something that happened in World War II. Yeah, but Cap said I, I, yeah. that, that, that they didn't have any record of anybody named a cult. So, I don't know, it's just... Yeah. But then again, this guy's just a private, so he probably wouldn't rent, you know, rate... Uh, an entry in the Avengers database or anything. So, you know, if he's not even a hot move. (laughs) Now, has it ever been, I know this has nothing to do with this story, but I'm just curious because every time I see one of these flashbacks to, to the invaders or actually I I just got uh, an invaders comic recently in the, in the mail, I bought some comics online and uh, the guy threw in some bonus books and one of them was invaders number two, which I thought was actually pretty cool. But every time I see the invaders team, I always think the same thing. Why the hell didn't Namor remember captain America when they met again later? Well, he, when he was first reintroduced, introduced into the Marvel universe, he didn't remember anything. Oh, is that what it was? Do you remember in fantastic four number four? He didn't, he was had amnesia. And it all came back to him when the human torch threw him in the water. Is that, okay, that's but, right. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely no prizing this because they never, or at least I've never heard them say that this is a reason for it. But I can kind of go with that as a reason that his, his memory was still somewhat impaired. Patchy, yeah. Right. I got gotcha. you. That makes sense, I guess. So, Scott, you just yeah. did a quick read of uh-huh. these and um, – so did you catch some of the art things or little hints that something was wacky or screwy with the story to where, like, Iron Man's outfit would change? He would be in the wrong – like, from page to page in the earlier issues, he would be in the wrong armor. It would change. He would go to the pointed head armor, back to the flat head armor. Did Ooh, you yeah. catch any of those? I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I did catch that. Was in that was in the early issues. Oh, they were all over because because Paul Paul and I, if you go back and listen, we're like, that seems like an odd art choice to just make a mistake like that. Like, did the editor not catch that they you know from one page to another? And why is Cap wearing that when he wasn't wearing it over here? And why it's like reality was starting to fall apart as 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 we were going. Yeah, so from the very beginning, it was kind of in play. Yeah. Oh. So go back and do an, another yeah, read. Just like, yeah, I'm looking at it now. and uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to listen to the episodes that you guys did because uh, I'm not catching any rate, rate at the moment, but... I think there was yeah, one. With, I think I think you had to go through it a little too quickly to to really focus on those things. But when you get a chance, take another look at it because it is <laughs> it does make for some interesting uh, moments. Like I think uh, Thor's like it was really blatant. We're like, well, wait a minute, that's like Thor. Like Thor had his beard or something, or, or it's like, wait a minute, and he didn't have it in the previous page. That's like, all right, something's going on here for that to be that blatant. Like something's definitely this is a choice. This isn't a mistake. Like the first one, we're like, ah, somebody made a mistake. Yeah, they put the wrong mask on Iron Man. Oh, well, now wait a minute. 
this one's too obvious. Okay, so. yeah, I, I do see one here now where, uh, yeah, where, he, where Iron Man has the, the spiky helmet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do see that, and I didn't catch that before. I'm not, I haven't seen one where Thor's got a beard, though. I think that's in. That's not in the first issue. That's probably no, in the no, no. Third. Yeah, that that was when it started to be more blatant that something was ha- happening. But like first on or, or early on, there was little clues that something was weird, other than you know the whole flashback thing. Right. Which was a nice touch. Yeah, that is. I mean, it's it's subtle because like I said, I didn't, I didn't catch it at all. But that is that is cool that they would do something like that you know to to give you a little visual hint that you know something was going on and you know, something deeper i was a little disappointed that it was only four issues but you know back, back in the day we used to only get four issue miniseries right yeah it was pretty much the standard at one time which considering this is the time frame of that this book kind of takes place it's like oh okay all right Oh yeah, sure enough. Yeah, the third issue when uh, when they get to Asgard, briefly when Thor turns around to address um, Heimdall, or he he has his beard. I did not catch that before. Yeah, nice catch. And even Heimdall, and that's when Heimdall's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm seeing I'm I'm seeing things, man. What's right. going on? Yeah, I'm having a bad trip. Yeah, that image that he's seeing." Just a Thor. You've got classic Thor. You've got the Simonson helmeted bearded Thor. You've got the one that we would see in the next issue. The uh, what was his, whatever his name was, and then yeah. the young one. I'm assuming is uh, oh gosh, I used to know his name. Now I've forgotten. The Thor of the future. There, I can't think of his name. Mm. Um, uh, I've, I've, I'm blanking on it. There was a or really story. Young young Thor. Yeah. It was the story in the future by it was during the DeFalco Friends run, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, there was a Thor in the like centuries down the line, like a young kid found Thor's hammer and, and got oh. the power of Thor. Hmm. Um, I can't remember his name. I want to say it was like Dane something or some, something like that, but I can't remember what the hell his name was. He he became part of the Thor Corps. I do remember that. If you remember that that short yeah, vaguely. Yeah. yeah. Thor, Thor Corps sounds like somebody with a lisp. <laughs> <laughs> you mean. Send all hate mail to Paul. <laughs> so. No, I, uh, uh, I, what? Oh, no, no, no. no go ahead. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I liked this. I really liked this. It was. Uh, I, I liked that it was kind of nebulous as to exactly when it was taking place because I, I think that gives them a little bit more freedom to, you know, to just throw in a lot of classic stuff. So this was kind of like, let's just have a, a fun old classic adventure in the nebulous late seventies, early eighties Marvel universe. And I like that because then you don't have to necessarily play a lot of continuity gymnastics to just have fun. Um, so while I did walk away from the fourth issue, kind of scratching my head and going, okay, I still enjoyed it, even though I was still left like, what the hell was the thing with the kids? This didn't make a lot of sense. I still overall really enjoyed it because it was just fun. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was, you know, dropping in with old friends because this was kind of in a sweet spot, you know, continuity wise for me of, you know, the classic Avengers, classic Defenders. You know, you threw in some Alpha Flight and some of the other characters we got a, a quick glimpse of. And uh, yeah, it was fun. 
um, a much more uh, fun and innocent time. Um, Somebody's got to wake up. Universe. Uh, it was set for a, an eBay auction. I've already given up on. So <laughs> it's already out of my price range. So we should probably rate this issue and this series. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll go first. Uh, you can the go co- first, Bill. I'm going first. Mine, me, mine, mine. Well, um, why don't you go? I, I am. I, I like the cover. Um, I bought the, um, I bought the one with the, um, I, well, I did not buy the one with the tarot, um, border on it. I have the uh, Alan Davis variant, which is a little bit different. It's got um, Captain Gamma, or no, Major Gamma, front, front and center, fist up in the air, being struck by lightning with all the characters behind him kind of looking on. Major Grandma? <laughs> Major Grandma. So, Grandma, um, Grandma Lama, Ding Dong. But if we just go with the regular one, uh, the Renault one, um, I like those two. I think he's done a great job. Mr. Renault, Renault, however we wish to say his name. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember along the way if we looked up what, what he had done previously, though. Uh, maybe I'll look at that later. But you said you had glanced at uh, Scott. Did you? You didn't recognize oh, him from anything either. No, I didn't. Um, I meant to look him up, and I totally forgot. Oh, oh, oh I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, I you know what? Did. That's that's homework for the listeners. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm going to give. Both He's a French book artist. Oh, I'm going to give both versions of the cover an A. Um, <laughs> there goes our French audience. <laughs> what? what? Oh, okay. I, I I have seen this guy's work before because he was the. Well, he did. It just says here cover art. It doesn't say whether he did the interiors or not. But he did cover art on uh, Sword of Red Sonia, Doom of the Gods, which I have read. So, uh, interior art. No, no complaints. Um, a uh, story uh, it wrapped up. You know, we were wondering where this was going to get end up at. You know, maybe I mean it kind of put everything back in the box. Didn't really affect anything, but I had a fun time reading it. You know, back. what? Back and, back and bowl. <laughs> so I'm going to give the story an A as well. So overall, the book gets an A for me. But the series. Oh, for the series, I'll, I'll give the series an A o- overall as well. I I enjoy it. I had right. no, um, and and I paid full price for all these. I'm, I, I think I'm just the slightest bit lower than you on it. Um, I, I mean, it, as an individual issue, I really like this. I thought it did kind of bring it all together. It did not let me down and ruin the series. So I'm going to actually give this story an A. I think the cover and the art is really good, and I'm going to give so I'm going to give this issue overall an A, but the series overall, I think, is fun to read, but it doesn't feel particularly important. Yeah, but uh, does everything it, have to not, be earth shattering? I was just important? I was just about to say, not everything has to be, but in order for it to get an A, it probably has to be. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it was a fun read, but I think if you never read it, you wouldn't really feel like you missed out on anything. Uh, so I'm going I'm to give the 
overall series a B because it's just a fun read and that, you know, it's not more, it doesn't feel like it explains anything of their existence to me more than that. It doesn't feel like it's going to have any kind of, you know, universe altering uh, activity. Although I wouldn't be shocked if we saw these amalgam characters again down the line. Uh, and it didn't have, you know, huge pathos or implications on characters, personalities or anything like that. It was just a fun read. And for me, that's a B. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be almost the opposite of Paul in this one. Um, uh, grading this individual issue. I don't like the cover. Um, if this was the first cover of the series that I, I saw, I would totally give this series a pass. And the reason is, frankly, I'm just tired of amalgam characters. Um, there have been just too many of them between the DC Marvel uh, crossover series there a few years back. Actually, that's like 20 something years back. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking of like the what if issue. What if, uh, you know, 25 years later with the with the Secret, Secret Wars. Wars. Um, next Avengers and Avengers Next and all the and all those different things where you've got like amalgam characters and characters that had kids together and you know different futures and all that. I'm just kind of tired of that whole thing. It's your kids, Marty. It's your kids. <laughs> so this this cover just it doesn't really do anything for me because I just look at it and I go, oh god. Um, and before I forget to say it, um, I just have to say also. I would have given this series a pass on name alone. Um, I don't know what tarot has to do with this because those cards that Diablo has are not tarot cards and the tarot never comes into the story at all. So other than being a word that is recognizable to people, I don't know why they chose that. Um, I think that they should have really played up much bigger Avengers defenders. It says it right there on the cover, but I mean, that should be the front, you know, the, the, the more forward thing is, hey, it's got the Avengers and the Defenders in it and, and play that up more than this tarot thing. But anyway, that's it's a minor quibble, but it would be enough for me to pass on the book. So anyway, um, not crazy about the cover. Uh, I do really like uh, the interior art throughout the entire series, particularly uh, in this issue as well. So, I mean, the, the interior art, I'm going to give a straight up A. I think the art's really fantastic and I, I like this a lot. Um, the story now, the story on this individual issue, issue four, um, I would have to give it a pretty low grade because uh, until we started going back and really digging through it and trying to piece it together, just, you know, on a quick read impression, my <clears throat> my my thought walking away was fun, didn't make a hell of a lot of sense and didn't really wrap everything up. So story wise, I'd give it like a D. Um all that said, the series overall, um, I would actually probably do like an A, probably like an A minus, because um, I really enjoyed it. It was it was just fun. And here's where I'm going to be opposite of, of Paul is that um, I really come Paul to is the, cool and you're not. <laughs> I've really come to the opinion, you know, fairly recently that uh, I think there's a lot to be said for quote-unquote, unimportant comics or unimportant stories, not everything has to play into, um, you know, the overall continuity. And I, I think a lot of the reason I, I feel that way is I've been on a read-through of Jim Aparo's run on Brave and the Bold. And a lot of those stories, I mean, the, the vast bulk of those stories are not only are they unimportant to anything, but they're just nonsensical. 
but God damn, are they fun. I just love reading them. They're just fun. And I, I read them and I scratch my head and sometimes my brain hurts afterwards, but I just had a blast reading them. And uh, in a future episode, uh, you, you guys have to hold me to this, but in a future episode, we need to cover uh, some of that stuff. And I'm thinking specifically there was uh, – I'm trying to remember the number of it. It's like 121, something like that. It's uh, Batman and the Metal Men fighting these Indians on a train, and that's all you need to know about it. It's – oh, my God, it's awful, but it's so much fun. So, you know – I, I had a blast reading this. Like I said, it was like visiting old friends. And, uh, you know, on that level, uh, I, I'll, I'll rate it fairly high. So, yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was it was cool. But, again, uh, you know, just based on uh, the covers for uh, for three and four, you know, for issues three and four, I, I would have given it a big old pass. And that name, I'm looking at the cover of number one. I mean, it's a great cover. But just the name. I just look at it and go, oh, tarot. It has to do with some stupid magic thing with tarot cards. Eh, I don't want to read that. And uh, it would have been such a shame because I really liked it. So um, I, I think that maybe they need to think a little bit better. You know, even the cover to number two, you know, the cover to number two shows Diablo holding out a deck of cards in front of him. And, you know, again, with that name, it makes it think makes me think that it's going to be something to do with the tarot. And there's nothing to do with the tarot in this whole story. So I'm just kind of mystified why they picked that name. I mean, it'd be better like Avengers Defenders trading cards. You know, I mean, that that has as much to do with it as, as the tarot does. It's just the fact that he drew the hero's images on cards. I mean, well, tarot cards are, myst- are mystical in nature, so there's there's a little bit more of a connection to that than there would be uh, for just trading cards. But anyway, right? Uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't disagree necessarily that they that it couldn't have been uh, marketed a little differently. But I'm I'm okay with it. I, I, we were ex- Bill and I were excited when we even heard it was coming out, and I don't think it was because of the name that we got excited, but it was because of the concept of the Avengers Defenders in a series that you know was clearly not in the present day Marvel. And as far as that goes, it delivered. And that's why, oh, I'm, you know, I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, I think, uh, you know, our, our distinction on this is more just based on, you know, where, where we put the final grade less so than on what we thought of the series. Right. So, you know, and just, just to clarify a little bit, I, I really don't have that much problem rating an individual issue as an A uh, just for being a fun story. But when we start getting into an extended story and bringing it over, you know, numerous issues, I feel like it needs to have a little bit more gravitas to get an A. I got you. So that's, that's, I mean, but all, all said and done, we all enjoyed reading it. And I think we'd all recommend it as, uh, you know, as a decent read, uh, if you don't, you know, if you haven't picked it up and right now picking up comics, isn't the easiest thing in the world. You can go ahead, go for it digitally, or you could wait; it'll probably be out in a in a trade in the not too distant future. How yeah. much is this per issue? Uh, about four ninety nine, I think. Oh wow! It's, yeah. Modern day comics. We 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 should start a whole story, a whole discussion now about the uh, cost of buying comics. Well, here's no. something. I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but uh, something I have considered uh, a lot, uh, and I keep forgetting to bring it up to you guys. Maybe now's the perfect time is 
because you know the nature of our show generally is is you know back issues that you know we've picked for one reason or another um i've thought a lot about going into you know we already do the the grading system you know where we grade the you know the cover the story the you know and all of that but i've also thought a lot about um the price slash uh value of comics as well and i've often wondered should we include that in the criteria that we cover so like say we cover you know dirt man number three at the end of all of it when we're doing our grades and everything you know then we also include a segment of do you own this? What did you pay for it? And was it worth it? You know, and, and I think that might be fun. I, I'm curious what you guys think about that. Mm. So like I think, applying I think it that's to kind this. of a play on professor Allen's, uh, shtick. Oh, does he do that? Oh, I, well, I he does the quarter bin and his, his ultimate final resolution is that's, was it worth a quarter okay. to buy this book. I got you. Yeah, you know, I hadn't I hadn't thought of that, and I definitely wouldn't want to step on him, you know, step on his toes. But and, you know, Alan, if you're listening, I'd be curious what you think about that because I I hadn't even considered that. But like applied to to this scenario here, you know, with this book. So Bill, you you bought this off the rack. You you paid four ninety nine or whatever uh, an issue. Well, I, actually, I paid like probably that. about four eighty three because I get a discount. So okay. Well, uh, is it worth it to you? So you paid sixteen plus dollars for it. What? How yes. do you feel about for, that? For for this series, yes. At the same time, I was buying the recent Fantastic Four, and I think that was either three ninety nine or four ninety nine, and I would have to say no because <laughs> I stopped buying it because I didn't like it. So this, I, yes. Like for it, me, I, you know that. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really, you know, a, a good story and everything. But uh, yeah, for something like this, I'd, I'd have to catch it for a buck or less. But then again, the- I'm I'm a diehard Avengers fan, so right. I'm I'm kind of hardwired. Although some of the recent things that they've been putting out, like they put out a bunch of Avengers tie-ins to the new game coming out, and they also did one in the Old Man Logan universe, Avengers of the Wasteland. And I'm like. No, I will wait. I will catch this in a bin somewhere. I will. I am right. not going to pay top dollar for this. It's not worth my money. All right. All right. So, so that's it for tarot. <laughs> yep. And uh, until we we'll do tarot two, electric boogaloo. See you then. Bye bye. You're not going to say goodbye, Scott. Bye. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Sit, Ubu, sit. <laughs>